This episode is brought to you by Hover. You can go to Hover.com and use the promo code RODKIN, R-O-D-K-I-N, for 10% off your domain name registrations. Oh, I'm Jack Radkin. Call me Podcast Junior. He just used to be. I kind of just used to be more engaged on the more engaged alive. You know, more full of vim, vigor, moxie, vigor. Oh, that's like plasmid story. Oh, like a plasmid, like a plasmid, full of full of plasmid. I need to be enthusiastic on this podcast like a hand that shoots bees. I mean, vigor. I fucking love that you shoots fucking bees. No shit, it's hilarious. Shooting bees is the best. All that I it just yeah, all that I think about is that Homer Simpson quote about dogs that bark and shoot bees from their mouth though, or whatever that is. <laughs> I don't remember. Right. I remember that vaguely. It makes me wish that in Bioshock Infinite, just like a Gatling gun of snowballs came out of your hand. <laughs> so like somebody's like, "Hey, you!" <laughs> like you're just like choking on them. They're yeah, like yeah, not yeah. being like murdered, right. but they're just being like suffocated. Like, right. It's like <laughs> it's like a crowd control. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can just spit, spew it out over a wide. The beanbag cannon of plasmids. Right. Yeah, yeah. Man, God, yeah. I fucking wish one of those cops in Infinite would just say, "I'm just doing my job." <laughs> Well, I, don't I don't know. Just like you're fucking, you're a violent, crazy, yeah. you're a terrorist. I mean, they yep. just like, we're just clocking in. I'm a person too with my own problems. <laughs> <laughs> just because I don't have a fucking re- recorded diary lying around doesn't make me any less of a person. <laughs> I recorded some of those, just no one ever finds them. No one ever <laughs> they're my house. They're my house. <laughs> it's where a normal person puts theirs. Nobody wants to park, park bench. public toilets. <laughs> Please. Is that a hot dog stand? What is that? That's performance art. Fuck that. I'm journaling. Did you ever play um, Nolan Lives Forever? Those games? They're really good. Oh, they the have, K. Archer games? Yeah. The ones that right. Steve loves yeah, so much? Yeah, they're super good. And like, they have stuff like that in them, basically, where if you just hang around and like don't like bust into the room with the henchmen in it, they'll just have these like five-minute conversations with each other about like clocking into work and like working for these weird evil geniuses and shit. Like it's super good. It's really, there, how really could good. you play that game now if you wanted to play it now? Um, I think at least one of them is available on GOG. Okay, like they're they're out there. I think there's so many times when I'm like op- I open those cabinets behind my my computer and I see my PS2 sitting there and then like the 15 PS2 games I still have left. I'm like I should just fucking plug that in. Yeah, and then I don't. Right. And I never will. It's a pain in the ass. But I think about it and I get really excited about it. <laughs> right. And then I just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like I go to get rid of it and like I'm not going to do that either. Right. I have a box sitting by my door at home that I keep meaning to bring in and then can't quite bring myself to bring into the office that is like my five favorite Super <laughs> Nintendo games, my Genesis mm. and the three games that I like for it, my N64. That's that box will never move. <laughs> I might bring it in. I bet you a kidney, my kidney. That yeah, that but, box but is then all never he has to do here. is bring it in. Then he's got a kidney. That's your like influencing. This is like prime directive shit. Like you're influencing. The- yeah, I know that there's a mountain bike sitting at my house still from when Jake yeah, used you've- to live with me. Yeah, that is. It's going to, by the time he gets it, when he's taking it down the street to his house, people can be like, "What's that thing?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. 
Would you say it's? I don't actually know what it is, but I'm going to assume that it's January 24th, 2014. Video game. Which is tomorrow. This is Idle Thumbs 142. Which I'm, is late. Which is late. I'm Chris Remo. Oh, I'm Jack Radkin. And I'm Sean Vanamere. And I like, guess that like, was all the <laughs> podcast. What, what? You revealing that, like, you, you like, it's like you got supplanted suddenly into a person's brain and then caught yourself in the mirror. Like, I'm Jake Radkin today. <laughs> I am. Oh. <laughs> I was just, I'm just used to Nick being in the lineup somewhere. And it Wait, really? you're, you're used to that? You're used to that? That's like, it was ingrained for 50 episodes. <laughs> That's true. Full Grandpa Rodkin right there. Yeah. He, you don't understand. He was on the cast for 50 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You don't know what it was like. <laughs> you wouldn't know what it was like. I wouldn't. You've only been on like 10 with him. Oh, weird. 10 glorious episodes. Probably more than 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe. 20. I took over for Nick. So, but that's not well, Steve did. I took over for Steve. Steve did. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You, well, you coexisted with I Steve for a while. I crossfaded with Steve. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's I'm talking about the number of episodes that have had us and Brecken. Mm-hmm. Got to up that count. So welcome to Idle Thumbs 142, where we talk about previous Idle Thumbs episodes. The entire <laughs> and hosts. And hosts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Uh, me. Okay. Chick Rodkin. He's the best guy on the Idle Thumbs, I think. Yeah. Good. How is the Steam development days? It was cool. I liked it a lot. Um, I yeah, I went up to Seattle for the Steam Dev Days. I'm so fucking mad. Shit yeah, on, buddy. remember that time when we were talking about how you probably weren't going to get a Steam controller, but it would fucking suck if you did. The and thing then I did, and that then drives I also me crazy got a Steam box. Is we had fucking tickets. Yeah, and we just didn't go. Well, you guys, well, you're idiots. So I mean, that's yeah. Think about, I had I had decided. To, think about the like, throne of Steam like boxes we could be sitting I on. No, it would sound <laughs> like it sounds like I'm trying to like. Just make myself sound responsible. But I remember saying to myself, it's more valuable to be here working on the game for those days. And then I started seeing controllers and Steam boxes right. show up. Well, I didn't start seeing them. You fucking texted them. You sent them a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was well, like, no way. It's totally the work that I did was bullshit compared to having a Steam box. <laughs> those multi- having a four hundred dollar yeah. whatever that thing is. Those multiple days of high productivity are nothing compared to having a prototype video game controller next to you. It's absolutely true. It, it is true. I, fu- I, can, I should have also <laughs> you've been here twice in two days and haven't brought either of those. I just keep forgetting. I, I know, I know. I need to be reminded. I suppose yeah. with Jake's bike. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Before we talk about Steam Dev Days, I want to uh, make a quick announcement that uh, was prompted by something you mentioned to me, Sean, yesterday. Uh, I am moving my Splunky Daily Challenge streams okay. off the Idle Thumbs <laughs> channel to wow. my own Twitch channel. So as not to... Because I am leaving Idle Thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an amazing oh, man. way to announce yeah, that, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see these are not welcome here, and so neither am I. <laughs> well, Sean, Farewell. Sean, you, kind of, you we had a funny thing yesterday where you were like... Because there was a forum post related to this, and you were like... I think what the person might be trying to say is they're really sick of getting all those spelunky announcements on the Idle Thumbs Twitch channel every day. And I'm like, oh, someone. You think that's what someone might be implying? You have no idea how, (laughs) what a revelation it was to realize while I was in the bus coming to work that all I had to do was create a Smurf form account and complain (laughs) about it. (laughs) Because I'm no longer allowed to complain about it on the podcast because people are mad at me now. Well, it's because pe- everyone loves Spelunky. It's the best game. Actually, it is the best game. It, um, it uh, is. So anyway, I'm, if you watch my Spelunky things, 
they're now going to be at twitch.tv slash Chris Remo, so you can follow that and not have to worry about it polluting. You can the follow Adam's it channel. and slash Idle Thumbs. And the only yeah. reason we're not really streaming right now, we were really enjoying it in the previous office, but we moved the studio to the Campo Santo office. I don't think we've been explicit about that. But, uh, so if you want to mail us stuff, sense. by the way, please go to idlethumbs.net and note the new mailing address on yeah. it. But, uh, yeah. but our internet is bad here. Our right internet, now. so we're upgrading it, but if anybody's ever had bad internet and tried to get good internet from another internet company and they're doing site surveys and like tearing up the fucking road, you understand. So when that happens, we'll be streaming more, I think. Because I actually think about streaming all the time, but then I realize that I don't have the upload to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, sp- to, uh, here's like a good segue between that discussion. Between the great game and the, Steam Dev Days? The Steam Dev Days, yeah. It was, you so, just call Spelunky the great game? Now? Yeah, capital T, capital G. Yeah, I know, I support yeah. that 100%. Yeah, for sure. That's good. So on that note, actually, <laughs> um, it was really... So Steam Dev Days was the first, um, I think... Well, I, I was at Boston Festival of Indie Games, so that wasn't really a dev We're so show, close to like, just calling it the game. Like, it'll, it'll eventually just become the <laughs> that's game. That's what it is for me. Sorry, go on. But um, uh, it was the... You know, I've... Uh, it's the first dev conference I've been to, I think, since I started playing Splunky Daily Challenge every day. And it was crazy how much that game was just in the air at this thing. Like, I talked to so many people at Splunky, and in many cases, I was not the initiator of it. Like, everyone, like that game... This is like Barack Obama hearing a lot about laws. He's like, people just keep talking to me about, no, about the Constitution. No, 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 no. I'm not even bringing it up. No, that's not <laughs> That's my case. Obama, by the like, way. <laughs> I talked to multiple people who were like, yeah, I think my next game's going to be, like, really Splunky-inspired. And, like... Like just because uh, uh, it was an invite only conference and it was only developers, so it had a different feeling than something like GDC. I love GDC a lot, but this just was different. Like it was just a different vibe. It was much smaller, um, and it was like only developers basically. And that game, like clearly, that game is in the development zeitgeist right now. Like it was just a fascinating thing to be. It was not the only thing people were talking about, obviously, not even close. But like that and Black Flag, it, it was what Black Flag, the Assassin's Creed, yeah. Yeah, heavily inspired by Spelunky. <laughs> but it, okay, it well, just, I hope Valve is working on a Spelunky killer. That would be amazing. If Spelunky, Valve, like, Valve is making what? Spelunky if Valve too. Put their fucking. <laughs> yeah, they're just making Spelunky too. God, if, <laughs> God damn. Speaking of fucking trademarks, fucking another thing that's going on in the. Yeah, we should get to that because I want to talk about Banner Saga. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, like that was a, a fascinating thing to perceive because. Um, it, I don't know. It does seem like that game has like made a lot of ripples in just the development community at large. But anyway, the in relationships, <laughs> podcasts, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Steve, Dev, Steve Dev days was really cool. I think especially cool as a proof of concept of a like secondary, smaller annual development conference. Mm-hmm. It does sound like they want to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about this one, the first one is that it was basically entirely dedicated to Things Valve finds interesting right now, which were basically like, which were primarily, I would say, four things. There mm-hmm. were Steambox and Steam Controller, mm-hmm. um, user generated content, mm-hmm. uh, microtransactions and free to play, mm-hmm. and virtual reality. Mm-hmm. And pra- you would have been right at home. Just thinking about I, well, our game. I mean, that's, <laughs> like, oh. So that's, I know, mean, right? Yeah. So for me, it VR was, is cool. Yeah, so like some of that stuff I find interesting in like a detached. <laughs> we would have been right at home? Just like, the, being, I was thinking about our, I was being, I was sarcasm. Like, okay. Yeah. It's worth making that clear. That, yeah, our game is not many of those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and right. So, I mean, to that effect, like, I was, you know, like, the, it definitely, there were some holes in the schedule where I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I can go watch something out of, like, 
general interest, but like it's probably not going to directly impact me all that much. Like there, there was a cool talk by Mike Moraski about music, and that was obviously super applicable to me. But like a lot of it was definitely like outside of my own personal sphere. But I think part of that is because it was the first one of these they've done, right? And they needed to fill a lot of the slots themselves just because you know they needed they needed the like to seed this thing. But it sounds like I had some conversations with Valve people, and it does sound like, in a general, obviously, I'm not going to like go into great detail about those conversations. But like, it sounds like, in a general sense, they want to keep doing this thing and like take the Valve general approach, which is to the as much as you can like farm stuff out to your community. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like they are interested in casting a, a wider net of content next year and like having more other developers. Um, give talks and stuff, which would be really awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I, I it, um, GDC is like my favorite thing of the year. So, do you think uh, they'll keep it as a closed conference? Um, it was cool. I kind of liked it. I mean, I mean, that's there kinda, are, there I'm asking that in, that in like a hopeful way because like I know, I just, I know, it's like I know. that's cool. I love GDC. Exactly. This I just is what I'm don't like at. all the other shit. Yeah, where I'm just like oh, I don't go to the fucking like ugh. right. I mean, yeah. So again, like I, I really love GDC a lot. It really is like my my favorite week of the year professionally. But you know, it as an alternative, like as an addition. It was really nice to have an event that was much smaller, felt more intimate, where you know everyone there is like working on stuff. I, I mean, there were a lot of really, really small indies there. It's not like it was. Right. I mean, in fact, I would say it was slanted towards indies because the PC space is much more slanted in that right. direction. So it was kind of like an ideal crowd, in my opinion. Like, it you, was, this is my question. Were you tired at the end of it? No, I wasn't. See, that's what I, I know, want. I know, exactly. Because at the right? end of yep. GDC, I've been like asked exhausted. so much of myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were like, it's always just like somebody's trying to sell you something or mm-hmm. like, I shouldn't shit on GDC. I love GDC. No, I, but you know what I, I mean? Agree. I'm I so fucking tired. How I'm much I love so GDC. tired at the end of it. Yeah. And again, I love GDC. I'm speaking this year. Oh, I can talk about that now. Oh, cool. Yeah, Narrative Summit. I don't nice. know what day, but yeah. I'm just, my talk is called um, ooh, something. It's going to be good. <laughs> It's called. Clearly, uh, it's clearly. No, it's you, called you, I mean, um, pursuing interactive suspension of disbelief. Okay, cool. And it's about. It's actually kind of uh, probably in the same mind. About sort of t- tonal control. So there you go, Steve. Yeah, cool. it's kind of a riff on some sure. of that stuff yeah, and yeah. how that stuff is important. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, what was I just going to say? Oh, right. Also, they had a hilarious after party at which the presidents of the United States of America played. Which was pretty. Oh, you, you ugh, yeah, because I saw your tweet about peaches, and I yeah, was like, I he's not at a president's United States I of America concert. And if he is, it's definitely not steam related. It was that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the best part was they introduced. It was really fucking funny. Like they, I fucking listened to that album probably hundred hours I, in my life. I know. Me too. I, <laughs> and, like everyone um, did. Yeah. Well, everyone from everyone in that exact slice that is the com- the common time of our ages. Right. Yeah. Um, they introduced it as a cover song, which was pretty hilarious. They're like, we're gonna play a play a little cover here. We're gonna move outside the thing, and then they just fucking played Peaches. I don't know. It was good. Yeah. Those guys are hilarious and weird. Um, so anyway, good good covers. I hope I, I hope they do it again next year. I don't want to keep going on about it because it is such a specific mm-hmm. thing. But I also I though, I mean, it. I'm curious about it because like there was zero. There was coverage about it existing, but there no, yeah, they, no they, press was invited, which is yeah. cool. Um, so you're really the only window I've been able to have into that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're gonna. The reason I was okay talking about it is because they said they were gonna put all the talks online. Yeah. So it seems like they don't mind that the stuff gets out there. Yeah, they just right. didn't want people, people are posting there on, people in real time. What's like, what I'm saying? It's like that yeah. sort of tiring thing, right? Where yeah. Like, right. I go to this talk, I'm going to talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There were developers posting a little bit about it on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, too. yeah. I don't think they cared if people did that. It's just a different thing than yeah. 
It seems yeah. like they did all their press stuff at CES just a couple weeks before. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the Steambox stuff was cool. I um, they it it gave me a bit of a bet. So we were talking about it for the last two weeks, Steambox stuff, and we were talking about kind of being surprised that they they didn't have just a streaming a, a Streambox. Whoa. Streambox, stream machine. All right, so they uh, they uh, they didn't have one of those. Chris's dream machine. Wow, your brain just like fell box. apart. Was that was that you just now realizing that Steam with the word R attached to it is stream? Yeah, and that's the whole really point of the name of the platform. Okay, good. Wait, really? Is that the point of the name of the platform? What are you talking? I about? I imagined so that Valve that Steam was the thing which you use to stream games onto your computer. No, Steam comes out of a Valve. Yeah, that's what it's from. Yes, but it's I okay. When Steam it, was first announced, multiple people that was why they were out, calling this thing Piston for five seconds. <laughs> that was the, that's just that one company that made that one thing. Right, but that was a co- that was a co announcement. Yeah. Sorry, I just don't want yeah. you guys shitting on me for pointing out that if you put an R into Steam, it makes the word stream because people have been saying that since like since moment one of download Counter Strike okay. patches well, over the it internet. Well, has a diff- very different implication now. I mean, I believe you obviously, yes. but like it, it's yeah. Anyway, um, stream machine. <laughs> Uh, someone actually asked about that. Like Gabe Newell opened the thing by talking for like 15 minutes, then just doing Q and a for the rest of it because he's Gabe Newell. Um, and, uh, he, someone asked about that specifically and he, he basically, maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't Gabe who, who maybe this was in the actual Steambox presentation. I can't remember. In any case, someone at Valve said that they definitely want to do that, but actually, there are some like relatively minor, but like still existent, um, like hardware challenges mm-hmm. in having something as small as they would want it to be that has the hardware that is like with that would just eliminate latency. I guess right. I guess most of those boxes now actually have like fairly perceptible latency, which yeah. is totally fine if you're watching video it. content, but not if you're sending a controller signal back and needing it to respond instantly. I watched so they just need to today. solve that as an engineering thing. Yeah. And they said they believe they can. Like they don't think it's going to be a huge problem. <laughs> it just hasn't been their first priority because they have so many other problems to solve with the controller and stuff. Um, speaking of which, the controller like is so different now. Like the the ones that we that they gave us were the ones everyone's already seen, which are just leftover prototypes, basically. But the the actual shipping one is totally different, and it's way smarter. One, there's no touchscreen anymore because they realized that it just wasn't solving the problems they thought it would, or that they were hoping it would. Um, but instead of that, they've like funneled the that saved money into adding two sets of like diamond shaped face buttons. Um, to the controller. So it's actually like a completely symmetrical controller where each side has both the touchpad, which can serve as either a cursor or a directional thing or face buttons. And then under that, each one, there's a cluster of very traditional, like diamond configuration of circular face buttons. face buttons or the way that a lot of people use D pads in console games, which is just for issuing up, down, left, right commands with your left thumb. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, there's no reason you couldn't support that in your game because yeah. they're just buttons. But yeah. um, uh, so anyway, that looks much better. I guess the main weakness that their Steam Box beta testers had had found this is not surprising at all. But like the main weakness was that the um, touchpad just isn't great as a face button substitute. Which I mean, anyone would guess that by looking at it. But it, you know, it's all in the data also shows it to be true. And so um, they redesigned that. It looks way better now. I think. Um, I saw so. a picture of it and it has that huge open area in the middle. I know, that looks that's weird. weird. I, I, I'm I sure like that'll be filled with something. Put a button in there, like just one single button that brings up the Steam overlay or something. I don't know why you wouldn't have that. But, right. Um, that's actually totally true, given that when you're playing 
big picture with a 360 controller and you hit the Xbox button, the Steam overlay comes up. Right, exactly. So I can't imagine they haven't thought about that. But in any case, um, that's not coming out for until – it sounds like that's more of like a mid to – like a fall release. So they've got plenty of time before all that shit is actually real. Um, but it made me pretty excited about what they're doing. Because, I mean, we we had a fairly metered reaction, I think, to all the Steambox Steam controller stuff. Um, and it sounds like they are – they're Valve, right? So they are constantly collecting data. And it seems like they're pretty aware of, of all that stuff. And the launch – the like real launch of this is actually farther out than I think we had assumed, which means everything we've seen now is not like be all end all. It's just mm-hmm. where – it's like a snapshot of where they are, but they're still like in active development on most of this stuff. Um, so – yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty. I, I'm I'm pretty into it. It sounds like they're they've got their heads on straight about it. Cool. And also, someone brought up the thing we've talked about before. This was definitely in Gabe's talk about the idea of Steam eventually being available, at, like Steam eventually offering like some kind of API driven self publishing service, mm-hmm. which I think would be amazing. I mean, I think that's totally what they a thing they should offer. And Gabe said they're pretty like that's in their roadmap. At, you know, he didn't give time frame, obviously, because it's Valve. But um, that's definitely like what they see as a, an important feature for Steam that would replace Greenlight right. entirely. Like he reiterated that their in, their intention is to just get rid of Greenlight when they have a better. So then we could open up the Idle Thumbs Steam Store at IdleThumbs.net, which is actually just fifteen box arts of Far Cry Two. <laughs> yes, exactly. Surrounding yeah. one bigger spelunky box <laughs> and a Halo right. yeah. configuration. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. Sorry, I, I didn't. I was. I accidentally interjected earlier, but I saw. I watched like a fifteen-minute YouTube of a guy doing this uh, streaming test from the beta to his oh, TV. Cool. I haven't seen that. Yeah, and there was like between like there was like sixty milliseconds of latency, mm-hmm. um, which didn't seem crazy to me because I often just play Dota at sixty milliseconds of latency. You can like just check your ping, and but there was a frame rate drop. Um, on he was playing the Bioshock DLC. Mm-hmm. It was going from sixty on his gaming PC to forty five to forty seven, mm-hmm. and then you, there were some bigs. Can, there was some stuttering hitches. Some I wonder stuttering if you can a just elect metro. to lock it at thirty and just say yeah, I'm maybe. happy playing at thirty and maybe. if it's stable. But then I went and read the I read YouTube comments because for something like that they're actually kind of useful to right. get a snapshot of other people. Um, there was some like uh, and one person mentioned that they were having that. They weren't experiencing any of that, mm-hmm. so it might also just be down to your video hardware. Like, yeah, it's probably a nice like cocktail of video hardware slash how good your Wi-Fi is. Yeah, and yeah. Internet, yeah, just like your network at home. Rendering 3D and capturing sometimes seems like even like when doing that in development, there are some people's computers where when you start fraps in the middle of a game, yeah. it just fucking shits its pants, and you walk over to someone else's computer and the frame rate doesn't move. Yeah, and I have no idea why that is because yeah. I don't know how computers work. You do know what a Nobody computer does. is. Though. I know what one is, yeah. Okay. It's I like mean, a thing that yeah. you like, um, I don't actually know. I got nothing. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Anyway, Steam thing, Valve. Mm-hmm. That's all I got mm-hmm. on that. Have you played the Banner Saga yet? Um, I play. Okay, so I really you, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, do you, are you talking sorry. about that? Are you talking about that Match Three iOS game? Yeah, yeah, I totally am. Okay. Well, oh, the one about candy. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I actually haven't. I haven't played that. Actually, no. Oh, it's. I mean, I was. I wanted. It's to play my favorite. It. I wanted to play game. it, but the thing is, I got so confused about what what game. Like people were telling me about this game, and I'm like, I can't. 
Yeah. There seem to be so many games I'm really having with a hard similar time names that I just can't really differentiate with them words, with or identify any of them. Yeah. yeah, so I just kind of gave up, and I, mm-hmm. I definitely de- whoever made that definitely lost some sales for me because I just couldn't. I think I played it, it as a kid. It's like a board game. Mm. You're like in this world filled with sweets. Oh right, 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 right. I think I played that. Yeah. 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 So, so that's what you're talking about. Yeah, Saga. Candy Crush mm-hmm. Saga from Milton Bradley. It's a popular <laughs> children's board game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually don't. I actually honestly know know nothing about the only thing I know about Candy Crush Saga is that the people who made it are being huge assholes right now. Right. They're contesting the trademark. Yeah. yeah. They're claiming that they that the word saga <laughs> and is candy. Like, it, yeah. Are are there like trademarks and they are suing the people who made the banner saga because it says saga. Or I don't know if they're suing, but they're at least threatening right I now. I think they're contesting the trademark. Oh, right. They're contesting the trademark, the right. banner saga, because it right. includes the word saga, as do like six games issue from the company is, that made. <clears throat> when there's an objection to your trademark. Saga. Actually, I don't. I'm First off, I should say their case specifically, I haven't gone and read a lot about. Right. I've just been sort of absorbing it in the, eth- in the ether. Sure. But when somebody objects to your trademark, you have to pay a lawyer a lot of money to do all the things you need to do to say oh actually no right so that's when you're an indie developer not really something that you can do even if your game just came out i'm especially, sure the game is doing really especially well especially because it's fresh like the banner saga is a trademark that hasn't it hasn't had enough time to like seat and become a definitive well it's also mark. like i mean like legally candy yeah. Crush saga did come out first so that's their grounds right but there's a right. there's so many other games that came out before the Candy Crush Saga. Of, hey, hey, of course. But like the moment somebody can... <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like, no, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not arguing oh, with you, obviously. I'm just saying, saying that if somebody... Like, like anybody could object. Right. Like sure, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn, who wrote Saga the comic, could object. Or Image, or whoever has the trademark right. to Saga, right. could object. You still have to fucking deal with it, is the right, problem. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's where they are right, are right now, but objecting is easy. You know? It's dealing with it that's the pain in the ass. Yeah. So I feel really bad for those guys. Yeah, that sucks. That shit happens in games actually all the time. Yeah. You just don't care about it. God, what was the one that happened a few years ago? That guy, um, God, what was his name? Tim Langdell. Oh, the Edge thing? Yeah, the Edge thing. Remember that? Started (laughs) Well, that shit got thrown out, though. I know, but it only... But you understand. It's like how it... Turns out the, is one thing. You paste lawyers so I know. much this fucking is the thing. money. He started suing every. He started like threatening all these people who had games with Edge in the title. And I, I, I'm pretty sure the only reason that he eventually was like rebuffed is because he he threatened EA, which made Mirror's Edge, right. and EA was big enough that they could just fucking push back way harder. Yeah. But if that. But I mean, minus that, like a, a lot of smaller developers don't have the ability. You know what's one? Well, all the thing is, there's a lot of the smaller developers don't have the ability to push back, and a lot of big developers are like, ah, fuck it, let's just pay the guy. Right. That's usually what happens. So, That's what happened with Tim yeah. Langdell for sure. And I think the person who actually led the charge in outing him was Derek Yu. I think a ton of that stuff came through Tig Source. Hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was like, yeah, because there was an indie game. Yeah, yeah. He was, was the guy. I, yeah. yeah. There was a game just called. I can't oh, just called Edge. Yeah, it called was Edge. a cube. The one I actually played that game and liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, where you like rotate a cube around. I think we talked about that on the cast. Yeah, Tig yeah. Source was sort of the community that mobilized to be like, "What the fuck is this guy? What is going on? What yeah. he, Edge magazine pays yeah. him? Like, what is yeah. this?" Yep. Yeah. And then yeah, I think Mirror's Edge was finally the like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, know, that was when his website that, had the thing that was like coming soon. Yeah. Mirrors, a game right. from Edge. Yeah. <laughs> God, EA. That was like EA's moment too, because they really like. Just, just fucking stepped into it and like issued some pretty brash statements about it, and like they got to be the like hero for a few weeks. I remember that. Yeah, it was pretty good. 
That really sucks for Stoic. That's the developer. People who made the Banner Saga. Yeah. Um, so There's no your- chance that they're just not racking up legal fees right now. Yeah, it's got to be horrible. A good trademark attorney in California is between like 450 and 500 an hour. No, they're in Texas, I think. Uh-huh. I could be pulling that out of my ass. That's like me going way back and watching the, YouTube, the Kickstarter video. Right, sure. So in yeah. my head. Yeah, I don't know where they are. But I mean, I'm just saying, for instance, sure. yep, California. Yep, yep, yep. It's fucking expensive. Yeah. Um, I I haven't played it in its current state. I Do you guys remember when they released that weird yeah, free to play? So yeah, that, yeah. I we did, talked about that. I yeah. play, okay, right. Yeah, we did talk about it. I, I what was that thing that. called? It was like Banner Saga Factions, I think. I kind of want to wait to talk about it. Because I need someone else who's played it. Okay. Because I, right. I spent like talked to. I mean, I want to play it, right? I like. Yeah. I mean, it looks beautiful. I talked to my buddy Adrian for like an hour about it last night. On not an hour, like a while on IM, and he's super duper duper into it. And maybe I just need, perhaps you to sure like help me get over a couple things. Mm-hmm. But the game is beautiful. Yeah, Holy it's clearly shit. gorgeous. Yeah, it's sp- stunning. Mm-hmm. And it, it oh, just watching your caravan like surge forth across the snowy plains mm-hmm. in the days tick by, really cool. But it hasn't landed with me yet, so I guess we'll just we'll okay. table it. Sure, yeah, that's fine. I'm so deep into Daisy still, though. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, what's the latest? There was a big update yesterday, mm-hmm. so my character got wiped. <laughs> um, which is the crazy thing about playing an alpha game you kind of forget that like you can never get away with that with a full release game you can't update and then just have a right. permadeath right. Yeah, game yeah, yeah. like yeah. they've managed I think again I think they've managed expectations for what an alpha release game is incredibly well that's good that's so important you, bo- you boot up the game and there's just a full screen turn back if you don't want to play a game that's going to have bugs and erase your character yeah that's good yeah yeah, like yeah. That. Um, Some, I saw oh right yeah you're right they even have that on their steam page it's like don't buy this yeah if you want a game that's complete and done and polished. Yeah, if you don't want to be annoyed. Yeah. But uh, a, uh, a reader whose Steam name is Bearstronaut, uh, I've been playing uh, with uh, him and some of his friends. Uh, it's funny because a lot of those, they're all, a lot of them are like in college or in school, mm-hmm. which is. That seems know, like a total college game. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sort of like the. Old like Counter Strike. Obviously, it's weird completely different from Counter Strike, yeah. but I could imagine, imagine it occupying a similar right. kind of right, role. Right, 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 right. Because right. you can just imagine like. A dorm hallway, two guys in each room, yeah. both doors open. Right, totally. Being like, like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in yeah. Zeno, Where are yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, they're super nice. Like I told you, they kind of kitted me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I ended up for one night, I was running around with an M4, and I've decided to only join first person only servers because there's a lot of like, when you pop into third person, you can like get a really big combat advantage, and first person only just makes you move so deliberately. So for two and a half hours the other night, I just didn't see another person. I was slowly moving from like tree line to tree line with my machine gun, like my M4, wearing a motorcycle helmet (laughs) and cargo pants and uh, looking for people to sort of like, I would go to the outskirts of a town and just watch and just wait till I saw someone. And if I saw someone, I would see if they were just like, like trying to make an assessment about how new to the game they were. And then... If they were super new, uh, you'd kill them. Just murder them. <laughs> no, but like make sure that they like somebody didn't jump them or, something, or sure. they weren't in trouble. Sure. And I probably. Oh, so like, you were just being Batman watching from rooftops. Exactly. <laughs> and it was like, this is my fucking game. Like, I just, I got to manage my food and I got to eat and I got to yeah. make sure I have yeah. water. And like, there's like the life management stuff where I'm like, oh, fuck, I have to go into that town and get some food and come back out. Uh, that I love. And the rest is just like 
sitting on cliffs and like crests of hills keeping a good eye out so fucking good i know it does not sound like if you pitch this game it would not be fun but oh it's so good so i maybe see like one person briefly and i just kind of like stalk through the woods for a couple hours by myself and it was amazing it was so good and the sun was coming up it was the morning and um i, I was going from uh, east to west so I had the sun on my back which i think is just strategically smart <laughs> right because sure. when you look towards the sun yeah, you're, like, you're, you're exactly yeah. yeah so i just keep the sun on my back and like keep mm-hmm. moving forward <clears throat> i love that that's a thing yeah like to consider <laughs> yeah super good yeah so i uh i look to my look to the south and i see a farming town and then i see a big town big like village with like a cathedral um to the to my south mm-hmm. and i'm like okay fuck i want to go there and i like i see to the to the east of it there is a big hill with a big forested hill. I'm like, okay, I can probably spend the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe, and I can get to the top of that hill and I'll sure. creep down through the woods and I'll just sit on the, the, the tree line mm-hmm. and scan out the town. Mm-hmm. So I do that and I have this really like slow, deliberate pace and that's just how I'm playing the game. Fucking deliberate. Like the way you played Dishonored. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> um, totally. Probably for the same reasons actually, so I don't have to fucking kill anybody if I don't really want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, just the stakes are way higher. In yeah. This game. So I get to the tree line and I mean, I, I get to the top of the hill and I look through the trees and I can kind of see, I'm like, okay, perfect. This is exactly where I thought I wanted to be. That's always really great, by the way, where you're like, I think if I walk like mm, half a mile that way yeah. and then slowly start hooking right, I'll right. end up on the top of that hill. God, that is actually I think, incredible. Yeah. Which I think looks over the town yeah. that I can see way over there. Right. Totally. And then sometimes, like half the time, I yeah. do that, and I'm like, "Where the fuck is that fucking town?" Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, I know. But when you do, it's like incredible. Yeah. I, it's oh. a totally different game, but I, I occasionally got that feeling playing Miyazmata. Right, and it was, right. and I'm yeah. like, okay, I know I need to That's find this landmark, and too. I think if I hook around here, like I'll have a perfect angle to like triangulate it, and like you do, and you're like, "Fuck, it's a, it's real. I'm real. Right. Yeah. I'm so smart. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So I do that, and I'm creeping through the trees, and it's like probably like what would be like 6 a.m. our time now, 6.30 a.m., you know, just sort of mm-hmm. sun's there and like friscalating. <laughs> and it's what? Friscalating. Friscalating. Yeah. I don't know that word. Oh, I learned it from the real Tenenbaums. <laughs> 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 anyway, and I kind of creep down and I'm laying on my belly and I, uh, looking through my scope and just sort of looking into the town. I'm like, oh, that cathedral's really cool. I should go in there. I bet I can't go in there. I'm like, oh, there's a, oh, there's sort of like taking. Are there more. buildings you can't go in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff is starting to open up though. There's, there's a big update that was yesterday that's really cool. There's a shipwreck, which is awesome. And, uh, I was like, oh, there's a market. I'm totally going to go in there and I know I can. And I'm just sort of like relaxed. I'm like, oh man, this is great. And then here, and a fucking soda can opens like right next to me. And I'm like, holy fuck. Fuck! There's fucking somebody right here. Yeah. There's somebody drinking right a here. soda. Yeah. Then, here. <laughs> yeah. Then, oh man! And I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! And I'm laying completely still. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, just yeah, like yeah. slowly, like looking to my left and slowly looking to my right. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man. Holy fuck! And then I hear yeah. like crunch, crunch. I'm yeah. Like, yep. Holy fuck! So I know they don't see me because yeah, nobody yeah, yeah. who is hunting me would be such right. a fucking troll to open right. up. <laughs> Yeah, Bob yeah, a yeah, Pepsi yeah, behind yeah, me, yeah, yeah. and uh, could you? Oh. Did you have any sense of like where they were relative? To my to you? left, for uh-huh. sure. Okay. In my left ear, yeah. Because that's another thing about the Arma engine is the audio placement, the 3D audio is really fucking good. Uh-huh. 
And I was like, oh my god. Oh, you oh. mean the Upsal Helicopters engine or whatever it is? <laughs> Take on helicopters. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's Upsal Helicopters. That's correct. <laughs> they were actually sued for trademark infringement by Post, <laughs> the serial company. And by by militaries. Yeah. <laughs> and by the inventor of the helicopter, yeah. Da Vinci. <laughs> Michael Helicopters. <laughs> and uh, so I'm laying there and my – like I like have to remember to breathe when I play this game. Like I have to, I'm like not breathing and my heart's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do I do? 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 Like not doing something feels like the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but not to the point where I let this guy walk up behind me and of just course. fucking yeah, kill yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, fuck, what do I do? And I'm like, I have a red fucking backpack on and I'm <laughs> assessing all these things. Like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I'm like, yeah. fuck. I'm like I get to the point where I'm like, I'm going to take my backpack off, <laughs> which has all my shit in it. Like right. all my yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. And so I go to do that. And then all of a sudden it's like, boop, server is resetting. I'm like, Whoa. no, no. Because <laughs> the server is reset like three or four yeah. times a day. Yeah. Right now. Or two. So th- this is basically the equivalent of you being in that situation in life. And then there's just a fucking enormous earthquake. Right. Exactly. Like, it's just everything exactly. is yeah. suddenly God. different. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh my God. And so I like, it logs, it boots me and I, or I log and I'm like, Fuck, and then I look at the I look at the um the server list and the server's back there. The server's on the, on there again, and people are starting to rejoin it. And I'm like, fuck that, nope. I'm gonna wait 15 minutes because I'm not gonna log standing right next to wherever this right, guy is. Yeah. It logs you standing, <laughs> oh, okay, so I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna fucking take a walk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. well left the game for like 20 <laughs> minutes and came back and then went on my way. But like a two and a half hour game experience where the fucking like mind-blowing like horrific experience yeah. was the pop of a soda tab that i never saw i know that's incredible <laughs> yeah yeah just one like wave file yeah yeah yep. as opposed to every other game on the planet where it's like yeah, oh, it was shenanigans yeah. and like bombast and like, like yeah. you know years of bombast of like mm-hmm. years of work that turned your into camera bombast. snapped to the where the thing is yeah. and like yeah, yeah 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 so if you haven't played daisy yet it's for you <laughs> i there's this guy at work dave gardner who's an animator who's hilarious if he's in like the double fine documentaries if you watch any of those and like he is he plays this game constantly as far as so as far as i can tell he plays this game a lot and the reason i know he plays a lot is because he complains about it every single day (laughs) it's like it's the most boring game i've ever played like you walk into a house and there's nothing there there's just nothing there's nothing in it there's how maybe there's like a battery in the house it's just why isn't there like a bunch of stuff and like a story and stuff is put there? You just walk around. It's like you life. Gone home it's just like being, you know, like, like walking around in my life. It's incredibly boring. But he, <laughs> but he has these new stories like every day. And as far as I can tell, he co- keeps playing it all the time. God, it's really good and weird. And I was actually just saying that that's one of the best things about the game today to yeah. uh, Zach from Video Games Hot Dog and Kingdom Bloating. Uh, I was saying like the coolest thing about the game is that I go into a fucking warehouse and there's something the size of a triple A battery on the floor in the middle of the warehouse <laughs> right. and it's like two 357 bullets. Yeah. And I'm fucking over the moon. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. sit there just walking around my nose to the ground looking <laughs> for stuff. Yeah. And then I hear a zombie go like, and I'm like, oh, check my, okay, he's not in here. Okay. I just keep looking. Like that's an amazing, it's a really like nice yeah. feeling. Cause yeah, then you find that yeah. thing. Yeah. And again, like, I just love scale like that. Like I'm in a room that's oh, totally. probably 4,000 square feet mm-hmm. and I'm looking for something that's two inches big. Like, yeah. Oh, no, that's awesome. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's good. We good should game. all play together. Ugh. There's a big server. I mean, there's a big update. Now's the time to play. <laughs> there's a big server I know of. No, no, no. There's a big, the big update's now the time to play because everybody's c- characters got kicked right. back yeah, to yeah, start. That's true. So, like, you're there's not no gonna, cool guys. We're not going to walk up on fucking Rambo. You right. know? Yeah. You only walk up on Rambo Jr. because it's been a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a picture of Rambo Jr. in my head. It was one of those weird freakish bodybuilder kids. Yeah. Like eight, <laughs> That's like, like eight, baby eight, Hercules like, or the guy's name. Any of us. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like like a four and a half foot tall. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Super cut eight year old. Yep. With the face of like a 60 year old man. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. That's a different thing. <laughs> no, they always like those kids always just look old. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like Greg Odin. He's a basketball player. He looks like he's 80. Weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how much there is for me to say about it, but I played through some amount of Broken Age. I don't know how much it was, but it's good. It's cool. It's hard to talk about adventure games without just... It is really hard to talk about adventure games without them. I mean, I imagine everyone knows what Broken Age is, but if you don't, it's the adventure game that came out of the Double Fine Adventure Kickstarter um, made by people with whom Chris Made by Chris. (laughs) Made by Chris. I did not work on that game, but it's it's really good. Yeah. I I don't want to talk too much about it, I guess, because I haven't... But tonally, you can talk about the stuff you were surprised by. Yeah, yeah. That you talked about on Twitter. Which I thought was really enlightening. Yeah, there's a couple things that I think are worth talking about having actually played through a chunk of the game. Like, I think I've played a little over an hour of it um, over, over the first half, which is what's been released. Which You played more than an hour. I might have played two because hours. Because I was, that entire DayZ story I just told, you were playing. Right, I think I was, I, was probably <laughs> in for about two, I was probably in it for about two hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, which who, character did you start with? Uh, I started with, well, the game opens with just a shot of the of the two different characters in the game a boy on a spaceship named Shay and um a girl in, in like a, a pastoral in a weird pastoral village named Vela and they're both asleep and then whichever one you click on the screen just scrolls over to so that their image takes up the entirety of the screen and you start their story and then I love that I love at, that. at yeah. any point in the game the the other character's face just exists in your inventory and when you click it it just blips back to their story so it's like if people played Day of the Tentacle or Maniac Mansion, like in the '90s or '80s, it's like that. Except that there doesn't seem to be any tangible interconnectedness between their stories. It's more just you're yeah. playing through the story and you feel like I just want to break from this. You press the button and um, you're just playing. It you're playing story. another story, and that was that was incredible. Like I was playing through it with my girlfriend, and she said, "You know, this is awesome." But honestly, I play. I try playing games like this on my phone a lot, and I end up just getting fatigued from them. And I said, "Oh, I think that this game deliberately has a thing to stop you from being fatigued." And then that was like we'd only been playing Vela's story for like an hour, and we hit the Shea button, and then he, you know, wakes up from his bed, and the weird computer mom and dad start talking to him, and then we just played another hour entirely just because we were able to just go boop and just play a completely different thing. But by then, really like cool. she was, she was really. Uh, clear about how the whole game worked and stuff right. so like she was just sitting there she grading faster, papers but yeah. she was able to like internalize immediately what everything was was yeah, doing yeah, yeah. In, in shay's story it's also like that's like really i mean day of the tentacle obviously has it but you're it feels like in it's, day the, it's very different i know in day of the tentacle yeah. it feels like you're you're moving these three pieces on a board to complete right. yeah, yeah. Day yeah. Of the tentacle, exactly. like it starts yep. up with as opposed to like them. oh i can't figure this fucking puzzle out let me just go over to this story right. they're all that's sort really of together great. in one story and david the nickel then split up so it's more like you're controlling yeah three protagonists whereas yeah. this is just there's two stories that you imagine right. are going to connect because the thing but you about don't it, know how yeah. or when or why or anything it's, it's smart because it caters to the thing that was like i actually liked but is counter to selling a video game where i would walk away from a lucasarts game like full throttle and i couldn't solve a puzzle and be like fuck let me just walk away for a minute 
and then come back two days later and be like, oh, duh, you know, but you can get that mental space, but still be playing yeah, the game. It's really cool. It's, it's really surprising. And just like, it, it feels good in practice. The, I mean, yeah, the thing that was the most striking to, uh, about that game, obviously is it's look like the whole game looks very much like the style of this one artist, Nathan Stapley, who does like painting and I think probably some like weird independent comics work or has the same as like Scott mm-hmm. Campbell and Graham Annable, the guy who does the Grickle stuff. Um, and he clearly like the, the, just the style of the game has the, it's, it just looks like hand painted 2d paintings, but the game moves in the style of like a cell animated cartoon. And it's so rare to see a game that looks like that, but then isn't afraid to just put a character's face full screen acting like fully hand animated uh and have it hold up as crisp and like vibrant it's 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 just weird it feels like you're playing something of a production quality higher than you ever get out of a video game that has that sort of 2d like modern indie comic-y look like usually that stuff is reserved for like wacky platformers where the characters stay the same size on the screen or really limited animations storybook style like iphone presentations but this is just like everything's alive the screen's just scrolling all over the fucking place everything's animating it's wild looking like nothing looks like it and the thing that i'm playing right now is the like two week early backer beta for kickstarter backers and there's weird funky glitches in it and stuff that i hope get get fixed where just like a character's neck yeah draws in front of their face or like something in the background kind of pops because obviously it's all being built in 3d out of flats but it feels like just a few play, a few more weeks of playing through and cleaning that stuff up will fix most of that. But like, it's really cool. Um, I guess I'm really excited to play it. The, uh, the the one other thing that's not entirely worth saying is that the tone of the game was really surprising to me and how like basically like sedate it is. Like everything. This is <sighs> like. I love Tim Schafer adventure games. I played them growing up. They're like why I, in, in the games industry, like McAllen 1 and 2, Full Throttle, Grim Fandango, Day of the Tentacle. And no offense to Chris or to anyone at Double Fine <laughs> is meant by this, but I've felt like a lot of the stuff that Double Fine has put out has felt like it's like kind of reaching to be funny because people remember the old LucasArts games as those funny, wacky games. And it's like, it's nice that that Broken Age is not aiming to just be a funny game. Like, it's actually aiming to be a game of, like, scope and adventure and drama that then has funny things that come out of that. And, like, yeah. obviously those fucking funny, weird characters. Yeah. Like, there's there's not, a, well, yeah. that's, how I think, that's how I think of Full Throttle and Grim Fandango specifically as well. Yeah. Right? Like, less, like less, less so too. Day of the Tentacle. But um, yeah. Monkey Island, to me, is, like, an, an additional weird case that's, like, none, none of the mm-hmm. above. But, like... But Full Throttle and Grim Fandango, to me, are definitely, first and foremost, like, dramatic stories that are, like, where the wheels are greased constantly by humor, by levity. Like, you know what I mean? But they're not, like, comedy games, you know? It's really good of you to pay that motorcyclist to ride by while you're talking about Full Throttle. (laughs) It was fucking good. Yeah. That guy's on retainer because I talk about Full Throttle a lot. Yeah. Yeah, He's actually doing a lap right now. (laughs) Broken Age is more sort of... It's coherent in a weirder way than, than like Full Throttle. Oh, like, Full Throttle is the most grounded of all of them. And Grim Fandango yeah. is too, but then even Grim Fandango has like the weird demons in it in the yeah. Petrified uh-huh. Forest and stuff. Yep. And this game seems very much like uh, like Tim Schafer was not as concerned with, I'm going to make a genre piece. And it was more just like, 
all of the weird things that I like and sneak into the corners of all of my games are now going to somehow, like, by hook or by crook, become a coherent whole mm-hmm. in this, where it's just, like, there's just weird shit all over the place. But the longer you stay inside of the world, mm-hmm. the more that it actually, like, tightens I, up and becomes coherent. It's I really like that cool. about Psychonauts, too, actually. Like, I thought that Psychonauts had a, was a relatively... Me too, I agree. Yep, like, dr- like, the story was kind of, like, Kate who runs away from the circus, like, was a really, like, dramatic... Like kind of felt bad for Raz, but everything I felt like was crazy in a cohesive way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah. the, and that was a game I think where the first, similar to I guess what Jake is saying, maybe it, maybe it arrived at in a slightly different way, but also a game where I feel like the longer you kind of marinate in it, mm-hmm. the more it feels like a complete like mm-hmm. piece. Yeah, I completely. Yeah, I totally agree. It's well, still hung on like whereas Full Throttle, like right from the first second, it's like you know. A, it's a it's a consistent world. The, the thing yeah. that's that's I guess interesting to me about Broken Age in a way that's different from those games is like for all of Psychonauts' weird stuff, it's still hung on the skeleton of like a Scooby Doo mystery story where it's like kids at summer camp and someone's stealing their brains. Oh, You've sure. got to unmask the guy who's the brain burglar. Right. And Full Throttle is like this is that's the from uh, the back of the box, right? Yeah, unmask yeah. the brain burglar. And Full <laughs> Throttle is very much it's a noir murder mystery, but with bikers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas with Broken Age, I have no fucking clue what's happening because the the structure of the two stories, one, how they interplay with each other, is completely unknown mm-hmm. to me, and two, just the trajectory of either of them. I don't know. Like, I just don't know where it's going. And you can't go like, oh, yeah, this is where he's going to have to overcome his fear of blah, blah, blah. So yeah, he can like, do blah, blah, blah and finally meet blah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that will become more right. clear the but farther it's not, in that I go. But I'm, That's fine, though. I mean, discovering that is way better than it being telegraphed up front. That's yeah. the thing that's fucking annoying. It's it's like, I mean, not that you know the plot of Full Throttle, but you kind of are like, I'm inside this kind of story. Whereas with both Shay and Vela's stories, I you can sort of – there's – Things right. that obviously just exist in culture. Well, they have, immediate, in the they have yeah. immediate goals, but that's not yeah. the same as like yeah. understanding the it's arc. Both, it's, both their exactly. stories are the stories of characters who get untethered from the norms of their life and just mm-hmm. are kind of just right. drifting on adventures yeah. and you don't know where that's, or why and they're just sort of finding right. themselves and that's it's really cool. Well, that's that's like, the thing yeah. I like about the parallel stories. Like yeah. the, obviously the day the tentacle thing where that stuff is interlocked at every step, like that's really cool and like a very impressive sort of design achievement. But I – Jake, to your point about the game being sort of sedate, I like that the connection, at least, I mean, you need to finish the game, but like, you know, I like that the ostensible connection between these two characters is like largely thematic. Yeah. Um, I mean, it you know me that like, there's going to be literal connections sure. at some point. Um, it but, reminds me of like the beginning of, a, you know, like at the beginning of a Serious Man, the Coen Brothers film, where they just put that like crazy short that film, Dibic. basically, the Dibbic <laughs> yeah. story, yeah. like the like Russian weird prologue. Folktale, yeah. Yeah, folktale at the beginning, and it's like not referenced or like explicitly connected to anything else in the film, but it's basically just a tone piece that you can make connections between. Right. Like I like that it, the bulk of Broken Age is spent like just forging, like like forging those ties yourself. I liked it in Serious Man a lot. It feels I like too. in I games love that never do this, but the idea of like you guys are all here to experience this thing. Mm-hmm. You've bought this thing. You're sitting down to play it. Yep. Uh, let me just – it's like it's let like me having, stop, Let me stop selling it to you and let's just like – you're right. a captive audience now. Exactly. Like, is, yeah. Or like having somebody over and like putting on some music and being like, this is the tone for the evening. Right. You know what I mean? There's yeah. something about that like yep. very performative mm-hmm. and I totally agree. tone and setting I, that I really I, like. That's the reason I like the – it's so weird. I hate talking about – It's like a nice dubstep that opening I, like, got in a combat game. For, yeah. But like I didn't actually work on this game. But um, uh, that's one of the things I love about the opening uh, – like the, the just – title screen of the game where it's or I don't know not really a title screen but the like just start screen where you choose which story you want to start with 
and it's like each one is animated. And so it's like they're each in a living world right there and they're right up against each other and the color palette is totally different and the setting is totally different and it's just like presented to you and there's no like tooltip or explanation. You just have to like make an interaction. And like to me that it sets – it sets it, it's almost like a like a vague thesis statement that it's just putting there uh, about like just, you know, the relationship between – these stories and like as the player, you just have to just sort of dive into it and just make an arbitrary choice based on nothing. Can I be? And I like that a lot. Can I be a weirdo right now? Because uh, I think I'm going to be a weirdo. Well, it's normal. So have you ever asked permission? Yeah, okay, so sorry. <laughs> well, this is this is this gets into a slight funky place because you saying that right now, the thing that I flash back to is a thing that many Kickstarter backers saw, which was Tim pitching that scene for the very first time in the documentary, and oh, yeah. you being the one who's like, I don't think that's no, good. no, it wasn't. <laughs> that is absolutely fucking not what I was reacting to. I don't remember what – okay, so I was actually in that fucking meeting, the entire one, unlike what was shown in the goddamn documentary. We were all in that meeting. We were backers, no, Chris. Christ. I was That scene – I okay, I don't – I actually don't remember like what of what I said went in the documentary. Well, let's go to the videotape. But I definitely fucking know what I, what I said. The, I know the bulk of – like the fullness of what so I said. So do we. Good thing and it was I recorded for posterity forever. In that forever. fucking meeting, I think that opening scene is incredible and that is like – like one of the best. I said that scene was incredible. I did. It's really funny. The cameras didn't pick that up. Uh, <laughs> I was so, I was so annoyed by that scene in the documentary. That documentary is incredible. Like those, the two player guys. That documentary been, is one of the ma- like most incredible pieces like, of showing, yeah, showing the creative of work. I, yeah, game. totally. Oh, so good. I totally agree. But I was really annoyed by, cause you know, obviously it's like when you're reacting to yourself on camera, I, in general, it's difficult for me, but this specifically, cause I was like the asshole in that scene. I was not reacting negatively to that opening scene, which I at the time thought was an amazing idea and which and the execution of which I think is like even more amazing than what I already assumed. So you're taking full credit for the opening of Broken Age. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep, sure. Let's just say that. Uh no, I was reacting to something totally different that we weren't allowed to show in the documentary because it came later in the game. So it, there was so there like I can't even say it now right. for obvious reasons. Um so I can't explain what I was reacting negatively to. And the thing that I... Anyway, I can't... There's no way for me to... Sorry. Like, I knew that I might this. be opening a door by bringing that up. I'm really it's, glad you did. It's fine, but I... <laughs> that was a real honest, real... That was a real yeah. Remo moment right there. Yeah. No, it's fucking fine. No, but I, I, I never very, I never didn't like that opening that idea. Would be I always thought it was amazing. And I guess I have... Your experience. I do have one more thing to say about Broken Age, I guess. <laughs> I guess I have one more thing to say about that scene in the documentary. <laughs> no. That documentary is great. God, also, I, by the way, the thing I didn't like, I was only saying, like, it was like theoretical stop. fucking devil's advocate situation. Anyway, go ahead. Fucking go ahead. I really hope that that documentary is made available to people who did not back the Kickstarter at some point. It will be eventually, yes. Because it's it's really good. But the um, this is a, uh, a thing that might just be personal to me when playing Broken Age, but it was very weird. I used to play a ton of graphic adventure games, like, and I made a million of them at Telltale. But having worked on, like, the last multiple games that I worked on at Telltale were Puzzle Agent, which was a, like, non-traditional adventure game, Poker Night, which was not, and then Walking Dead, which was also not. So to go back to a game that very deliberately... um, Embraces the conventions. Yeah, like, especially the dialogue structure, especially, like, Mm -hmm. you click on an object, the guy says the same thing every time. You talk to a character, you can ask the same question over and over again in case you forget. And, like, Mm -hmm. that... And it it was weird playing, like... When I play, like, the, um... Like, Dave Gilbert's games, like, the Wadget Eye games... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... 
of a production style that is so technologically evocative of the nineties. And like his, his voice acting talent is really good. Um, but it's nowhere near the caliber right. of the so, of so you Broken just, Age. You just buy the whole package because yeah, it, it's all it, – yeah. it, it just – like the affected pieces of old adventure game design mm-hmm. don't feel as affected right. in that. They all cohere. Whereas in Broken Age, it was shocking to the point that it was the one thing that was a little bit weird about the – like it felt disjointed given the sure. seamlessness of the rest yeah, of the yeah. experience. And I know – I predict from what we've talked about, Sean, that it's going to be the thing that irks you about that game. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, but I was curious about it. I, I mean, I was able to get into the flow of it more, mm-hmm. but like at the beginning, it was so weird to click on an object and then be like, oh, that's that knife that I probably need. And you click on it again, like, oh, that, that's that knife that I probably need. I'm like, oh, what? I mean, that's not the dialogue, Tim Schaefer. Right, right. It's real dialogue that's amazing, but it, like just it was a jolt to see everything yeah. else presentationally be no, just I'm, sure. Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I think I'll like it. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's not a reason to not play that game, yeah. but just like no, I don't go back and play Day of the Ten- or excuse me, Full Throttle, which I played last year, and go, oh, I really wish this right. was like a more updated dialogue system or something. That it's just it's yeah. a shock to see it in something that that you know, like your brain just knows this would never have existed at the same time as these mechanics exist, and yet they're woven together right. into this game. Right, right, that's sure. the thing that's yeah, like yeah. everything else presentationally about the game just is really just an awesome thing that's so different that it was a surprise to see that. But also, this exact structure of game is what I was hoping to get when I paid as a backer for this mm-hmm. Kickstarter. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not... As a financier of Broken Age, <laughs> I'm not displeased with the results. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, Broken Age. want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Video games. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Hover. A fantastic domain name registration website at hover.com. And you can use a promo code, code, promo code, Rodkin, Jake's last name, coincidentally, R-O-D-K-I-N. Is That's how you me. Spell that one. You get 10% off your domain name registrations. Yeah. I, I, really, I like when Hover sponsors us because we use the crap out of them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I forgot this week was a sponsored episode, but this week uh, I actually used Hover twice. One... Um, I'm just going to tell a small story. It's very short. It's fine. It's fine. Go for it. Starting in high school, I realized <laughs> that they're going to be short. <laughs> I really liked Sam and Max, like the old LucasArts games in the comic books, and I realized that there were no good-looking, like, comprehensive Sam and Max websites, so I started one at samandmax.net. I love that you started a short story with, essentially, the opening page of your memoirs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> whatever. It is the opening page of why I have a job in the games I industry, know. but whatever. Yeah. Um I've been carrying it at the same registrar that I used in high school up until this week, and I accidentally let it expire. And I quickly picked it up, and I was like, fuck, I, I forget to register, re- renew this thing every year. So I was like, oh, obviously I should just transfer it to my Hover account. So I did. And this sounds like a shill, which is amazing, but it was the quickest thing in my entire life. Like, I transferred the domain name that I've had since I was 18 in a matter of minutes, and it was great. It's a 43-year-old domain name. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing that I used Hover for was just to really quickly pick up the domain names for our new game. What was it? It was oh. com and .net and .org. Whoa. And Whoa. Um, hmm. again, it was really easy to set up and they all do what they're supposed to do now. And Thanks, guys. They're really good. Thanks, Hover. They're super good. Thank you. Yep. You gotta bleep that. You did it. You did it. You did it. You did it. You're a good guy, Sean. 
Show me all the blueprints. Show me most show, of the blueprints. Show it's the wave of the future. The wave of the future. I thought he said way. I guess he probably said I go wave. back and forth. Mm-hmm. So but let me he, just let, I think we can all agree to show You me going back and forth is the thing that would actually drive Howard Hughes to madness. It's true. Like, I said the way. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Howard, it's the way of the future. The you heard me, the wave oh, of the gosh, future. Video game. Yeah. That's my fucking top forty DJ God. name. Welcome to Rockin' Dick Rocket on 107.7, <laughs> The Bone. What's <laughs> the radio station here? It's stupid. The Bone. Yeah, the fucking yep. Bone. Goddamn Bone. I remember when they rebranded it. I was in college and I was in... <laughs> <laughs> no, just... It's sorry. Huh? That is a di- How could you rebrand The Bone? They were not called The Bone. They were called something else. But, oh. but then my friend was like, ah, oh, I listened to The Bone? <laughs> He was so bummed that his radio station had been renamed The Bone. He's like, oh, oh before. I just an innocuous, like, four-letter yeah. call right, sign. Okay, but then they're like, yeah, yeah. The Bone. He's like, oh, The Bone, man. <laughs> okay, I guess. I'm not a bone guy. I guess I listen to The Bone. <laughs> Fuck. Video games. I've had, like, since I've basically spent half this month in Seattle, it means, like, a, ma- a majority of the game, like, the challenges I've done this month have been on a shitty laptop keyboard. Like using the fucking WASD and shit, like or the arrow keys and etc. Just you know, on a boot camp Mac basically. And I got back, so I thought you know for the past eight days or whatever, all my dailies have been in that on that setup. And then last night was my first time in like over a week with a controller. And so my last week had been like okay. Some days was okay. Some days I would die on like one and two. And, and last night, like my first day back with a controller, fucking beat hell. Just. Just fucking nailed it to the goddamn wall. It was a crazy, like it was crazy. I'm like, like instantly, like had the controller back in my hand and my skill, like my like actual effective skill level. Was you, just finished, like, you finished it. I finished. I finished it with like the crazy additional secret level and crazy wow. second boss. Like I just, I just fucking nailed it. Like it was crazy. It was such a like, and I don't. The, the funny Is it thing. The first time you've ever done that on the. No, no, I've done it a few. T- I've done it a couple times on the stream. But the funny thing is, yeah, I don't you I don't ordinarily play that well when I've been using the controller for like mm-hmm. weeks on end. It was right. um, like there's it's like running with weights on your ankles. Yeah, and the, it was really the same thing. Yeah, like mm-hmm. last time I got back from Seattle was the exact same thing. Like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't beat hell that time, but it was still like the the like additional ability I had was like palpable. It was like crazy feeling, mm-hmm. um, and it was like. In a way, and and I'm, I'm sure that like by a week from now, I'm just using the controller again. I'll be back to like sort of normal thing. But it really did feel like, as you say, like running with weights on your legs. Like you just you suddenly like are unshackled, and it's like holy shit! Like all of the like um, hyper awareness I had to have to compensate for this shitty control method I've been using is like lifted, and now I get to apply all that like awareness and like cognizance to this like easier control interface, or at least one that I'm more have better muscle memory with mm-hmm. and like the combination of those was fucking nuts. Seriously if I have to leave. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, no, that was a good spawn story. One of the good ones. Video games. Alright, we're back. What'd you guys do during the break? Uh I found email to read for you. That's really nice of you. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the next time Hover sponsors an episode of Idle Thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for that. You're holding that story hostage for the one person who works at a Hover and listens to this podcast and is like, they know what I did. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they don't actually. And we're back. <laughs> uh, so email from Chris Remo. Subject line, Chris, you idiot. Uh, what? This is a fucking twist. <laughs> it's an email I wrote to myself to remind me to talk about this. And I forgot for the past two weeks. Um, anyway, uh, Nuclear Throne was made by more than two people. I sort of – I referred to Nuclear Throne as a game made by Vlambeer and then I described Vlambeer as a studio of two people. And both of those things are true except that other people who don't work at Vlambeer also worked on this game. Mm. So there's – Short shrift. Remo, they call you. Yeah. So there's the two Vlambeer guys who are – Jan Willem, I don't know how to pronounce their names, but Jan Willem Nijman and Rami Rami Ismail. But uh, (laughs) there is also art by Paul Veer, music by Yukio Kalio. I don't know how to pronounce these names. Sound by Eunice Turner and art by Justin Chan. Anyway, um, I want to defend myself a little bit. So I I took some shit about this on Twitter from various people as totally deserved shit to have taken. Except that when you search for Nuclear Throne, the like meta text that comes up on the official website is Nuclear Throne is the latest game by Vlambeer, the Dutch two-man indie studio that also brought you Super Crate Box. And when you click on the website, that is their marketing. T- that's how their marketing text begins. So I feel like it's a two. It's like takes two to tango here. I'm sure you you're going to get a I, lot of Twitter apologies. <laughs> I am like Those a stickler for proper in. developer crediting, so I do. Mm-hmm. I was totally in, like in the wrong about that, but also there's like the tiniest smidgen of shared blame. Going so was on. that an apology? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry for messing that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I make no bones about that. Um, so we have another email uh, from one of our favorite emailers here, Zoe Hart, uh, who writes, holy oh, shit, gotta, please gotta read. Gotta yeah, I got to settle in. <laughs> uh, so she writes, hi, everybody. Hey. Um, I wrote about this on my blog, but I thought it was too good not to write in about as well. I just discovered what could be the best thing on the internet, even if only conceptually. It's my new favorite. What if I told you there was a, call, a COD Blops 2, a Call of Duty Black Ops 2 Wii internet game show? There have been two seasons so far over the course of a year. I want to reiterate that point. Two seasons of a COD Blops 2 Wii internet game show. I don't even know what that means. The Wii <laughs> is the throw. I know. Yeah. And I've heard through the That's grapevine. Judo tossing me <laughs> through a window right now. I've heard through the grapevine that the host is inviting people for the third season currently. Hey. Each season, he invites Codblops YouTubers to the show. Once a week, they get together for a single, usually inane challenge. For example, one week, they simply had to make a replica of an emblem in-game. Sometimes, though, they might have to play a single five-minute match. Typically, movies end up shooting at least twice the footage they need and then edit down. Don't worry, he heard about that, too, because who has time to watch a whole five-minute match anyway? Most episodes are less than five minutes total and still include a recap, interviews, the rule for that week's challenge, along with the challenge itself and an elimination. You can watch the entirety of both seasons in about 55 minutes at Maniac on YouTube. So A-E-R-O-C-O-D Maniac on YouTube. He has a playlist with all the episodes. Wait, so the implication here is that he finds people who play, like, principal platform versions of... He finds Codblops streamers... And then says, we're going to do weird things in the Wii version? I guess. I don't even understand. On the last note, he's also run at least one team Wiimote-only Call of Duty tournament and has been hacked at least three times in the last year. Who does this guy who think he is? Me? Anyway, I'm totally contacting him for an interview, and I hope you found this as awesome as I did. Yeah. People can be crazy, and I love when they are. 
So I don't even. I, I hope you I, record the I audio of that interview and send it to us. Yeah. <laughs> I barely even have an understanding of what she's describing. Like, I guess I'll have to watch a couple. I of think Jake, of Jake seemed like he nailed it with. That's what it seems like to me. But we're probably gonna have to watch this. Yeah, yeah. whatever it is, it sounds good. Like it sounds like the weird Zoe is out there on the beat for the title. I know. Oh, I love it as like. An obscure, insane, physical challenge Japanese game show that then somehow <laughs> wrangles American reality TV stars to participate in it. And it's <laughs> boiled down to like three minutes long. And just <laughs> watch Stephen Baldwin play. With, right, with like the, on the, little, the reaction faces that pop right, up. Like, I mean, I just, what I, I'm sure that's not what it actually is, but that's what it seems like to me. Just, yeah. All right. Notable in quotes, people right. who do yeah, this yeah, one yeah. Like specific thing celebrities. do a yeah. way weirder version of that for like three right. minutes, and we'll do two seasons of that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it is, but whatever it is, it we'll, is like we'll it is it. the video game equivalent of like Herschel Walker on American Gladiators. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That seems really good. good. Um, so we got three. Well, um, we may have gotten more, but it, at least just at a, at, a, at a glance, it looks like we got three. Um, fairly different perspectives on the land party stuff we were talking about like oh i wonder what the college like land experience is like oh, these days yeah, so we got yeah. like three oh, awesome. very different emails about it which is really cool so i'm just gonna go I through all of them and that, we can respond you know all college students have the exact same experience yeah well one of them is not even a college student so <laughs> yeah it's a twist so uh morgan Roz writes Hey guys, I'm a computer science and game development student at Sacred Heart University and I live in a house off campus. I'm the guy who always brings his PC to show people games like Samurai Guns, Speedrunners, Nidhogg, etc. Not many people have heard of these games, but they all seem to grab the gameplay quickly and have a fun time playing them. I can't wait to share sports friends with my friends. I think this is great for my environment, but I often find myself wishing there was an online mode for some of the games. I suspect once I move out and get a real job, this interaction will probably diminish and I'll be limited to online play only. It's not very often I manage to gather some friends to play them, but overall they make for a great experience. Keep up the good work, Morgan Ross. So that's like the sort of traditional college perspective. Then there's um, Charles. Well, living off, the thing is, though, living off campus living is off different. Campus. Living off campus. That is, you're right. You're when right. I that lived is, off that campus, different. my life was no, so fucking different. You're right. Mine too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're in the dorms, it's a totally different yeah. situation. That's a really good point. So anyway, um, we didn't, we don't, we actually don't have the traditional dorm experience, but we okay. do have two other interesting ones. Listen, so I know Tan, you're fucking there right now on the, Coated rubber mattress in yeah. this shitty bunk bed. Yeah, with the T1 line. Listening to this podcast, yeah. just fucking tell us yeah. what it's like now. So Charles Tan writes, Hi, Idle Thumbs. In episode 141, Hi. you talked about gaming in dorms. Um, I graduated 10 years ago, but here in the Philippines, it's common for several land cafes to be opposite the university. So students often go there during their free time to play games. Right. It also solves the problem of sucky campus internet. During my college, well, that might be a yeah, in America, the internet's <laughs> fucking amazing on campuses. Yeah. Um, during my college days, after classes, we'd go to the nearby land cafe and play Warcraft Three, um, hacked for our local, hacked for a local Battle.net clone, or Diablo Two. These land cafes would usually be open for twenty hours a day and are still relatively cheap. Right now, the rate, uh, like, um, translates to fifty about fifty cents an hour. Oof, um, awesome. Last year, before discovering Dota 2, we'd drop by these land caf- we drop- we'd still drop by these land cafes to find them packed, with students either playing League of Legends or Dota. We'd go there to play Dota, as several of us owned desktops, and setting up a LAN in someone else's house was too inconvenient, unless we all brought laptops, which we don't all have. It's possible, but not necessarily likely, that a game like Samurai Gun will find a niche market in places like these, as land cafes are still very common here in Southeast Asia. Thanks, Charles Tan. So that's interesting. Do you think we'd have attendance if we did a Philippines live show? If we did it in a land cafe. <laughs> well, that's, that's like basically the equivalent of like your band playing at like downtown Disney or something. You're just like, well. Being in a land cafe, you mean? 
Yeah, it's like a it's like a it's like a stand up doing a sh- doing a show at like a like a second rate casino. You know, like it's like are you. Is it, I don't He's think talking about the land cafe aspect. Oh, okay. I thought you were just casting aspersions on the Philippines. No, no, not the <laughs> Philippines. I'm saying go – like because well, the comparison I'm making is to being a place where there are just going to be people who may not be there at all to see you. I get you. it. That's what they're I'm saying. They're just there because right. they're like in a thing where they figure the audience is going to have some like right. applicability to what you do. But they right. probably just want to do the thing they're it's just a, doing. They don't a, really want like the a, care that you're there. You're just in it. You're like wallpaper. It's four dads playing the Beach Boys at a Marin County farmer's market. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I yeah. understand. So, I mean, I'm not saying. That's how like, I describe Idle Maybe Thumbs. that's what Idle Thumbs <laughs> deserves, right? So, like, who knows? Um, so, this is an interesting one. Jason Wilkerson writes, hey, Thumbs, I would like to tell you a story of how I learned how to play Warcraft 3. Last year, I was a Marine deployed with the 15th Marine Expeditionary Unit, MEU. We cruised around the Persian Gulf for eight months in a small aircraft carrier and occasionally did training missions with friendly countries. Needless to say, we didn't have Wi-Fi anywhere we went. While we were working in the uh, United Arab Emirates, our IT guy got a hold of an old network switch and several Ethernet cables. We passed around an old flash drive with a zip file of Warcraft 3 on it, and we all had a great time playing in a little building in the desert in the middle of nowhere. That's awesome. Fuck Even though space was a big issue when we got back to the ship, we managed to make a table out of a hard plastic top for a shipping container and played in the helicopter bay after flight ops were done. Attached is a picture of us playing in UAE. Oh, this is just yeah. one of the many times video games helped help me get through tough times in the military. I hope you enjoyed Corporal Jason Wilkerson. And yeah, he has awesome, a picture man. of of five like service people on computers in their little LAN on their makeshift table. On their little LAN. Well, it is little. I know. This is awesome. Yeah, it's really good. That's yeah. cool. So I'm just silent as I'm just staring at this photo. Yeah. One guy's really like just like not fucking happy. <laughs> he's like clearly That'll he's happen clearly in a fucking bad situation. <laughs> yeah. The guy on the on the top of the table is serious business. We should put this in the blog. Mm-hmm. Think he'd be okay with that? I would imagine so, right? Yeah. 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 There's no personal stuff in like yeah. identifiable. That's cool. Cool. Thanks for yeah. sharing that. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for writing in. Um what else do we have here? Um, 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 reader mail. Josh Calderhead writes, wait, where did that email go? I just lost it. Um, uh, here we go. All right. Hello, two thumb crew. What? Hmm. Where to start when thing? <laughs> Uh, where to start when thinking about learning to code or which engine and language to start with? For context, I'm a 28-year-old male living in southwestern sort of rural Indiana. I make a living for my wife and myself as a CDL Class A truck driver. I drive tractor trailers for a company that mainly delivers vaccines and supplies to the poultry industry, a very little bit for hogs down again. This job plays pretty well for this area of small-town Indiana. I have tons of time to listen to podcasts and think. I'm a safe driver and good at my job. For a while now, I've been ruminating on what I want from life and have felt like a saltwater fish stuck in a freshwater environment. I don't feel trapped by my spouse or anything. I just feel like I finally realized where I want to, where I want my life to go about 10 years too late. Most of the people I grew up with are not into video games, nor do most people around here have the money to spend on gaming more than casually. Did any of you guys deal with a situation where you finally realized where you wanted your life to go? Is there a good place to start when thinking about making games? I've been dabbling in writing my own stories since middle school and would love to tell them in the medium, medium I love with the most potential. I've looked into Unity and some of the tor- tutorials for the tools. I've started to- tooling with very basic Unity scripts slash JavaScript. I've looked at the Unity 3D platformer tutorial. Um, I've gone through the PDF as a starting point. Um, so anyway, he's basically asking, is there a better place to start than tink- tinkering with rudimentary basics when it comes to making a game? Are there good websites? Yeah. Am I on the right path? Is it worth saving up and moving closer to a city filled with other developers? Is Unity mm. the best place to start? No, I don't think it is. Um, 
Uh, you actually have a lot for just jump in on, on that really quick. Mm-hmm. I think being in a place where the cost of living is low. Yeah, that's where you are, like benefit. like Evansville, yeah. Indiana, or wherever you are, like whatever is in Southwest Indiana. Um, well, let me just wrap this up because okay, it's basically yeah, yeah. the end of the email. Um, he says he's looked at some website and seen some opinions. He just thought we might have some thoughts on it. Also, I wrote the majority of this email while I was driving over the road for work with Sir- <laughs> with Siri's help. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so maybe I'm not as good as a truck driver as I think. Thanks for everything you guys do and keep up the amazing work. Josh Calderhead, pronounced Calderhead. Okay. Well, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't ahead. move. It's sort of like I, a competitive I, advantage. No, I, I like strongly having agree a really with that. Like, yep. Yep. like low cost of living like is huge, is mm-hmm. really, really great. I every single day wish our studio was in a place where the cost of living was lower. Yep. So the money we were paying people to work on the game was like making them have a nice life. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, because I got an email from uh, a student at NYU talking similarly to this. Uh, so I don't – I'm going to step over the part about like changing career direction in life and stuff because I don't feel qualified to talk about sure, that. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. very personal. charmed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, don't try to learn a tool set through tutorials. Use tutorials to help you learn to make the thing you want to make because I feel like having that emotional goal of like I really want this – thing to come out of a screen when i press a button is the thing that's going to drive you to continue to move forward where like oh i gotta do like go through tutorial one through 20 of this book and then i'll know how to use this tool set and then i can make the thing i want to make is not really the greatest way to go i'm of two minds about that in my mind well for me yeah i was gonna recommend then sorry can i I finish oh yeah yeah. the one thing i was gonna is if writing a like it seems like from your email you want to do something narrative just make something cool in twine mm. this it's super easy to learn it'll take like 20 minutes to learn um uh and 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 what i'm trying to remember her name anyway uh it doesn't matter uh there's some really great tutorials online uh that it'll take literally you'll be 15 minutes and you'll make a thing that works and it'll be a text game, but you can play it and you can share it and you can send it to friends and you can send it to, you can put it up online you can do anything you want with it. And it's really fulfilling to have an interactive experience that you can make with zero coding experience. And then, yeah, whatever, you'll go on and you'll like decide you want to do something with images and you'll do something in 2D and Unity or you do something with um, Game Maker. Fine. But like, it's so achievable to just make a quick Twine game and get a sense of the thing that you're trying to accomplish that like we are you like, I don't know. I use it every day. Like I write scenes in twine for the game that we're making. And then I read them and play them and I go, Oh, that's bad. Or oh, that's good. And then I fix it in two seconds. I think twine is really yeah. good for just dipping your toe into the water of creating mm-hmm. content that can be explored non-linearly. Well, and figuring out if you know. actually enjoy the process of yeah. creating interactive content in the first place. Right? Yeah. And you can do crazy things with it. Like, you can really, I mean, it's it's a pretty powerful thing, even though it's going to output a text game. Uh, I can't recommend it any more than that. It's really good. For me, The when I first started using Unity, um, just when I first started just toying with it, when I was uh, still working at Telltale, I was kind of actually paralyzed by the amount of things that it possibly could do. Right. And I didn't have, like, it, it was so, like, I, it was such like a combination of like a black box and the entirety of the galaxy of possibilities that I wasn't able to just be like, okay, 
I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah. start figuring out ex- what I want is to make a vehicle roll down or whatever. So I, no, what you wanted to do was make a third person platforming man jump off a cliff into Joe Biden's face. That was not the first thing that <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, really? Because you did that when you were living with me and it was hilarious. That was, <laughs> that was, that was actually when, 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 I never saw this. It was, oh, when, really? it was when talking specifically in that case about like how much 2D, 3D hybrid platforming stuff could you do? And like that's when I was, but I had a more specific goal at that point. And then I was right. like, oh, I wonder how to get textures into the game out of Maya, uh, like how to bring textured meshes in, test object Joe Biden's face. But um, <laughs> when I very, very, very first just installed Unity onto my computer and was just like, I have no idea what I can even possibly do with this thing, I found it incredibly helpful to just go look for i think you recommended it to me but it was chris but it was a highly rated getting started in unity kindle book, book yeah. that mm-hmm. i just left running on my screen off yep. to the side and just got familiar enough with like the basic structure of how yeah. interface si- paradigm like, simple javascript right. stuff works how to link that to objects how to link that to a controller just like cuz i should say that that stuff is like fun to produce functionality out of out of the screen right I was all in – Chris, I, I think you were going to refute what I was saying because I actually agree with Jake and probably you. I think well, the thing I was going to say is – Exactly. I think said. I agree with both you guys. And just that the staying power to sort of stick with something yeah. is going to be gr- grounded in the ideas right. that you have. I think, so, uh, yeah. So the yeah. thing I would say to that is I don't think – like I think once you're at the point where you are saying like the thing, the hypothetical thing you said, which is like, oh, God, now I have to do like chapter 20 of this thing. Then like at that point, if you feel like you have a good handle on the thing, then yeah, just make whatever you want. But like having some semblance – like especially if you've literally – I mean like this is an extreme case, right, of someone who's like – really never made games before right. and like at that point That's i think I you really want some basic fundamental grounding and like well what is a game editor actually for like because mm-hmm. sure. they're all for different things for one thing like unity is a unusually like all-in-one package relative to to a lot of of uh like ides and uh, it's like a united ide oh um it's like it's for streaming yeah and so <laughs> but but there's also some things it doesn't do and like having ha- being able to sort of have someone who knows better than you just walk you through like the basics of like this is how to interact with this crazy piece of software mm-hmm. and these are some of the basic ways you can affect things um, I think right. is, is really valuable and personally if you like the if you do find that you like the um, just general process and discipline of working with interactive content I don't think it's like personally I didn't ever find the unity tutorial stuff boring like mm-hmm. I, I like because you're I even though tutorials. it's oh, that's fair <laughs> yeah. enough like um but I mean, even though they're not your own ideas, like just getting something up and working still, at least to me, like feels very potent and satisfying. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time with tutorials because I start them and it's like, we're going to do this thing. And I'm like, well, what if we did something different? But you can still so do I that. That's changing the point. The stuff but in the that's tutorial, totally and about fine. 75% of the way through, I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> like, what, I, get, I, get see, I don't so think, I think that's okay. Oh, it's like, very I, valuable yeah. experience, yeah, I think, but I never get the payoff of completion that I think uh-huh. I'm supposed to get when I do okay. a tutorial. Well, sure. So then I'm just like, okay, and I leave it behind. Right, and well, I, I was only recommending, but your goals are probably different than this guy's like goals are. This guy's like, goals is like, figure out how to make it, you know, like you're right. the way you use unity is different than like how someone who's, I, I think your situation is slightly different, right? Like mm-hmm. it's a slightly different. Like your end goal is like different than this guy's. Well, end also, goal. I mean, there's from zero to I know what a development environment is like. It's right. a big goal, exactly. And I think you're yeah. making a good point about that. So, and I was coming to it from like a lot of years of, right. of being, working inside game engines, and being so on. the worst person on the team. 
at developing the game too. <laughs> sure, you know, sure. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, like, yeah. So I just found that I could go from downloading the the tool to sh- like letting somebody play the thing so quickly with something like Twine that it gave me all this confidence totally. to move forward. Yeah, I think the, well, yeah. yeah, no, your Twine suggestion I think is is great. I think that's like yeah. su- super good idea. Also, sure. and then from Twine you go to Inform 7, which is more of a text parser, which is awesome. But uh I think that's I more can, if you really actually want to stick with If you want to stay in interactive fiction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but also, I mean, you're going to learn different paradigms. You're going to learn that like this is an object and it's referenced here and like has a bunch of properties and has things about it. I think you can learn that through unity still. Of course, of course, but it's just, it's, it's, there's no riffraff around it. Sure. I mean, sure. sure, You can just kind of, you can grow your, Uh actually, you know what, actually this gives me an idea. Um, I think a really awesome tool, um, if you want to get something up and running really quickly, but you want it to be graphical in nature. Well, this is not necessarily for this guy because he did talk about stories, but I'm just Mm -hmm. saying generally, um, uh, processing. I think it's processing.org. I don't know. This what that language is. is awesome. It is so goddamn cool. I love it. I, I haven't used it in a while, but like, I don't know, 18 months, two years ago or so, I, uh, I was in New York for like several weeks and I had my laptop with me and I just downloaded processing and just spent like when I had nothing, when, if I had a period of a few hours, like where I just didn't have anything planned, I would just go into a coffee shop and just dick around with processing and like make stuff. And it's really cool. In just a few lines, you can get shapes up and drawing on the screen. Um, it's basically, it's used by a lot of, um, like sort of visual artists and like installation artists to represent like crazy visual things on screen or like to show data in interesting ways or like just to have crazy abstract shapes like animating wackily, but it, it also accepts input so you can make, which means you can make games with it. Um, and it's just, you can import bitmaps and stuff, but like in my opinion, the real strength of it is how easy it is to just draw shapes and lines mm-hmm. and colors and fills on the screen. And like there's a bunch of cool like example projects you can download and tutorials you can use and it's it's super – I think it's rad. I think it's like an awesome language that feels really different than most video game development environments mm-hmm. because it was created for sort of a different purpose and it's not just for games. It's mm-hmm. for like all kinds of visual representation. Um, but, but it's simple and quick. Yeah, simple and quick, but also you can do a lot with it. Like the reason I found out about it is because one of the um, Double Fine programmers, Patrick Hackett, is like a huge evangelist for it. Like he prototyped Double Fine game drop cord in in processing and like is always talking about it, which is why I downloaded it in the first place. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And it's um, you you will if you are interested, you can learn about things like object oriented programming um, via that, like if you already have an understanding of that, then great. You can just jump right in. And if you don't like, it's a fairly lightweight language for learning about some of those principles. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, they just strip away the crazy shit that you, that is sort of boilerplate from a language like C plus plus or something. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more like stripped down and focused on the things that it's good at. And it's, I think it's awesome. I, yeah. Processing is really cool. So if you're if you're for someone who like is looking for a a sort of cool entry point into visual stuff and like is less interested necessarily in the sort of interactive fiction side of things, I think this is a good good way to go. Cool. I hate suggestions like that. Why? Because it makes me wish I wasn't busy. Oh, I know, right? Isn't it the <laughs> yeah. fucking worst? Because now I want to be like yeah. Yeah. doing a bunch of stuff in front of me the time right now. So yeah. Yeah. thinking about taking a three month boat ride somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good reader mail. I know, yeah. Across very, the board. Yeah. Oh, 
if you have a question for us. Where would I send that if I had Because Chris wrote one in, which I okay. thought was. I was going to say something very important, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> good. Ever? Like, did you just cancel your important thing? Like, you're not going to say it later? Okay, I was going to say what you should probably do is go to Hover.com, register the domain name of your choice, use the promo code RODKIN, <laughs> set up an email address with that domain name, and then write to us at questions at idlethumbs.net with your <laughs> important question, and also just point out what domain name you got. But that's less relevant. Mostly, why wouldn't you have said all that stuff? I did say it. But why were but you, you were hesitant? considering not to? You... Why, yeah, why did that go into a, a limbo state? I thought it was too important to share with the world. I thought I could just Did keep that treasure like, for myself. Yeah, all of our readers are just now like enlightened to the point of, yeah. of yeah. Well, now they're too Shangri-La powerful. Now they don't need us, right? Yeah. Ecstasy. Yeah. But not is really. this it? Are we, we're calling it? We've made ourselves obsolete by sharing this important knowledge. I would love By if sharing Idle, this self-serving, oh <laughs> like, I hope ad- Idle Thumbs 143 comes out, zero downloads. <laughs> <laughs> just, everybody just says, no, Everyone's just registering. It. But that, it's okay, because we made so much money that's that not, you know, that's not how that works. That's not right? how that works at all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, questions at idlethumbs.net if you didn't know. Yeah, and if you do happen to register something with Hover, it's just let us know what you got. And we'll talk about it on the air, which is cool for you and us. And Hover. And Hover. Mostly you, the readers. This that, has been Idle Thumbs 142. We're done. No? <laughs> <laughs> Turd barn. Turd burglar. <laughs> it's all you can!